Grievous in retreat. Before the battleship Malevolence could destroy an Outer Rim clone medical base, a Republic Strike Force, under the command of Jedi General Anakin Skywalker, crippled the warship, disabling its dreaded Ion Cannon. Now the Jedi relentlessly pursue the Malevolence. Bucketheads, Mayvar Tigar. Welcome to the 29th Battle Droid Slashing episode of MandoVision, Nargai Tom. And thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is via social media at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share this show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert, and if possible, are so inclined. And also, if you're listening on, on Apple iTunes, please give us those sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews. They help small independent podcasts like us stand out and not get lost in the shuffle. Remember, you can also find us on, as I said, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and so many, many more. Remember, please head over to our parent website. We are part of the 3 Zine network of podcasts, so head over to 3BZine.com, where you can find a link to our store envy page and buy all kinds of sweet merch as well as links to all the shows of the 3BZ Network, such as Beer Night in San Diego, the TomCast Popcast, our pop culture-centered podcast, hosted by yours truly, and this fine Star Wars podcast that you are listening to, MandoVision. Uh, hey, it's a good site. We got good stuff over there. Uh, like I said, we got that store Envy page. Uh, unfortunately, Kyber Crystal's out of stock. I wonder, some, some kind of problem with the supplier. <laughs> I don't know what happened. All right. Before we get started today, there there's a, a, a quick matter I wanted to address before before diving into today's Clone Wars centric episode of the show, uh, and that is that is these these sort of swirling uh, rumors that are on the internet. And and let's be honest, the internet is a place of of swirling rumors of of unfounded statements, uh, sourceless <laughs> sites. Uh, um, nobody nobody everyone's heard a whisper or from the grapevine or, you know, no one can cite a source on, on the, on this stuff. But, uh, so rumors persist on the internet and we have entire websites dedicated to, to uh, spreading these rumors and, and helping them, them gain steam and momentum. And, and, uh, that's a dangerous game to play, but you know, Hey, you don't want to, you don't want to uh, poop on anybody's uh, party necessarily. If that's your jam, if you're into rumors, that's cool. That's, that's fun. Uh, but I, I wanted to throw a little bit of cold water on a on a rumor that that seems to be uh, picking up a lot of a lot of momentum on you know, amongst Star Wars fans. And I didn't want to dedicate a whole episode of a, you know a whole episode of this show or do a special band of tracks just to just to, to sort of address this. Uh, and you know I'm going to share my opinion with, with with you wonderful listeners out there. But I am definitely interested in hearing your opinion of it. Do you think I'm out of line for th- for thinking this way, uh, so so by all means, like feedback is one hundred percent welcome. I, I can only uh, express my opinion, and you can you can agree with me, you can not agree with me. It, it's it's all good uh, here in the Mandovision family. Uh, everyone is allowed to have a voice here, and we, we, we don't have to match on everything. Uh, we just respect each other's voices, and that that's kind of the bottom line. 
That's how we like to do things here on Mandovision. Uh, so the rumor in, uh, that I want to refer to is this sort of um, insinuation that 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 Disney slash Lucasfilm uh, are, are are hard at work trying to retcon the the sequel trilogy that would be uh, the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker. You know, three movies that. Uh, have have you know we'll, we'll say divided the fan base in in, in many regards. Uh, I know they, you know they're not my favorite Star Wars films uh, for for a variety of reasons, and and you know one day we'll talk about that, but maybe in more depth. You know so, but still they're Star Wars films, and so there's a, a certain level of enjoyment watching them regardless of 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 any specific issues I, I may have with the movies. There's always like a, like a little moment or two of just just pure joy to watch. Um, I'm not a fan of Star Wars because I think I am entitled to something or that I deserve something uh, for being a fan of Star Wars. So the notion that, that people can get on the internet and sort of stomp their feet until they uh, are, are able to affect change that they want, uh, I find I find that um, concerning uh, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, mostly because uh, I, I tend to view myself as a creative person, as a uh, creator of, of of content. Maybe you guys haven't seen all the content I've created because many of it many of it is still stored inside my my hard drive. But uh, as someone who respects the the creative process of of creating a story and and the, the sort of guts it takes to put it out there for the for the world to to see and, and form their opinions of, I think we we run into dangerous territory if we start allowing the reaction of sure I you know a large percentage of, of fans are are on social media on Twitter Instagram all those things and they can get very very vocal, um, but listening to that 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 sort of backlash from from the fans is is dangerous there there are definitely things to be gleaned from from fan fan criticism as long as it's well founded and thought out and and they can support the argument uh, and the, like I said there's plenty of arguments to be made about the sequel trilogy but this sort of idea that Disney's gonna go back in and and, and either re-edit or rework these movies so that they are more fan appeasing I I don't know I I don't feel good about that and it it makes me very concerned and then some of the some of the reports here are that uh they've magically discovered footage that jj abram shot for the force awakens that has uh mark hamill and harrison ford and, and carrie fisher before she passed and and they're going to be able to use that in some way to to rework these movies to make them more uh fan appeasing and and i i have to tell you i i think it's com i think the rumors are complete hokum to begin with but giving fan bases this kind of power is is also a tad dangerous, and and I think we're gonna get a prime example of of we have to be careful what we wish for. Uh, come March, when when Warner Brothers slash DC Comics releases the Snyder Cut of Justice League, Justice League another film, very flawed. Will Zack Snyder's cut fix that? I I don't know, I don't know for sure. But obviously that 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 the Snyder Cut came to be because of this amazing groundswell of of fan uh, desire to see it and and this sort of petitioning and, and and billboards and the pressure applied to a studio it was it was something to behold for sure but i said i i kind of caution us to be careful what we wish for 
we don't know that we're getting a better version of Justice League. We're just going to get Snyder's version, which I think we do deserve to get to see Snyder's version uh, because he, the man had a family situation that, that caused him to leave the production. And there's also the, the, the stories that the powers that be at Warner Brothers wanted something more Marvel-like, so that's why they brought in Joss Whedon, for better or for worse. This is sort of different because we got J.J.'s vision. We got Ryan Johnson's vision. And and for better or worse, we just have to kind of deal with that. Um, I have, in previous episodes, I have, con- I have sort of addressed the main problem with the sequel trilogy. And um, I'm not going to go into it right now because, again, that's probably stuff for a later episode. But I want everyone to sort of take a deep breath and, and, and let's not worry about the sequel trilogy right now. It's it's not on our uh, our it's not on our, our to do list at the moment. Let's just take a deep breath. We're you know we're a year out from the last chapter from from the rise of Skywalker, and and we don't have to worry about it right now. We don't have to worry about it. We have so much positive stuff to look forward to. So much positive stuff to engage with, and that's what we want to focus on here at Mandovision. We don't want to worry about going backwards and trying to fix things. And and one of my arguments, um, well, I don't know if I want to say it was an argument, but, but one of the things I mentioned when I was discussing this on social media was, was you know, back in 99, 2000, when the prequels were coming out, the fans then thought they shouldn't exist. So what would have happened if George Lucas at the time decided to listen to the fans? Uh, I mean, who knows? It, it's so hard to, to, to comprehend and to process this, but... The, the 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 old time fans did not like the prequels okay and there were there was not the social media aspect of things so that you know it was just internet message boards and things like that that's where people kind of vented about the prequels but there's an entire generation that grew up with those prequels and they love Star Wars because of episode one and episode two and episode three and I certainly have my my qualms with 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 certain aspects of the prequels but I also have no problem sitting there and watching the prequels when they're on TV, or if I'm just looking for some Star Wars stuff to watch on 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 my Disney Plus. So, again, I think as a fan base, we have to be very careful about what we start quote unquote demanding and, and what we want to have happen. I I worry that it will be a a strike against creativity, and it will just be a, a more heavy handed give the fans what they want play it safe, don't do anything out of the box. And I think that's damaging to Star Wars. I think Star Wars needs to be pushed. I think its boundaries need to expand. And and I think it needs to go in in bold new directions. And and you get that by having creative people come on board and and uh kind of sort of shake up the status quo. I'm concerned that that will go away if these rumors were to come to pass. Um and that's kind of all I have to say about it. There's, there's also these crazy rumors that Dave Filoni himself is going to try and uh, undo the sequel trilogy with, with, with stuff in the con- confines of The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett and these other shows that are going to be set in this era prior to The Force Awakens. I, th- I say throw cold water on all of it. Let's, let's see what happens. Let's let it play out. If that's what comes to pass, that's what's coming to pass, and we'll we'll talk about it, you know, on the show. We're not going to shy away from talking about controversial things within Star Wars. I just think I just again I just think it's sort of a dangerous position to take, uh, to to go online and 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 
try to throw your weight around as as you know a quote unquote true Star Wars fan uh, because I don't think that's what a true Star Wars fan should be doing. I think we need to take our take our lumps. <laughs> I, I guess is the way to look at it. You know, maybe you didn't like the sequel trilogy. I wasn't a biggest fan of it. It's okay. There's gonna be more Star Wars. Uh, you know, maybe I didn't like that sequel trilogy, but I love the Mandalorian. I'm gonna. I'm really excited about the Book of Boba Fett. I'm really excited about Rangers of the New Republic. Uh, and in 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 other forms of media, I'm really enjoying uh, the High Republic books that just launched. So let let's let's get excited about what we what we're getting and what is good. And and let's not worry about the things that maybe we don't like so much. Well, and we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Maybe maybe there is gonna be some kind of giant retcon coming coming into fruition. Uh, I, but I don't think a simple reworking or re-editing of the films is going to do anything drastic to make everybody happy, especially with this magical footage they apparently have, 10 minutes of Harrison Ford and, and, and Carrie Fisher and, and Mark Hamill together. I, I, I don't have the words for it. All right, and then one more bit of news real quick. I, I did want to mention uh, that it has been uh, uh, in, in, in solidarity with, with my fellow Star Wars podcasters. Uh, I will be participating in... In February seventh, Star Wars Podcasting Day, I will I will be releasing a special episode of MandoVision on February seventh, which I believe this year falls on a Sunday, which is also Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, so you might be busy with with a Super Bowl watching event, hopefully a small event of just the people who live within your bubble. But uh, who am I to judge? Even though I I'm judging you if you do. <laughs> uh, but yes, there will be a special episode released on February seventh to show solidarity with my fellow Star Wars podcasters for Star Wars Podcasting Day. And it's going to be a... Uh, it'll be filed under the Bantha Tracks category, and it will be a little different than some of the other stuff we've seen. It'll be sort of a get-to-know-me episode, uh, and I think I'm going to loop my brother in on it, hopefully. And we'll, we'll kind of tell you guys... or We'll share with everyone listening sort of how Star Wars affected and influenced us as kids and why and how it became such a big deal to us and why we sort of uh, feel like uh, we helped keep the the torch alive or one of many to help keep keep the torch alive during that 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 period of time after 1983 and before before the, the before the prequels before even the special editions uh, to reinvigorate the fan base so we'll, we'll we'll talk about that on February 7th for Star Wars podcasting day get ready for that one it's going to be a fun one at least I hope it is. <laughs> All right. Now we're ready. Let's get into the episode proper. We're here to talk about Star Wars The Clone Wars, Season 1, Episode 4. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. I trust you've already formulated a brilliant plan to rescue the Senator. As a matter of fact, I have. But do we have a plan B? Every operation needs a backup, Anakin. I don't have a backup. Yet. But I do have a plan for getting on that ship. Really? The enemy's sensors are obviously damaged, so we'll sneak in behind them and dock at the emergency airlock. That's your plan? Just fly there, land, hope they don't spot us, and walk in the door? Basically. Oh. Brilliant. Let's get going. Hey, alright. As I mentioned... Season 1, Episode 4, Destroy Malevolence. This is the concluding chapter of the Malevolence Trilogy. It is directed by Brian Callan O'Connell, written by Stephen Melching, 
It originally debuted October 17th, 2008. The, the brief recap is Padme and C-3PO are caught in the middle of a space battle and taken captive by the droid army, led by General Grievous aboard the Malevolence. Uh, our Jedi fortune cookie for this episode? A plan is only as good as those who see it through. We got a little taste of Anakin's plan right there as uh, Obi-Wan offered his, uh, his, his uh, wry criticisms of it. And uh, yeah. It's a, it's th again. This is the concluding chapter. It basically, picks up right where we left off with the last one, where uh, the Republic forces, led by General Kenobi, are in pursuit of the Malevolence, and they plan to destroy it. One of the things I thought was interesting watching this episode, kind of looking back on it, and and, and watching, um, I I couldn't help but think of the Last Jedi in in this sort of uh, slow pursuit of the malevolence by these, by these three Republic cruisers. And it, it, it you know, there's a lot of criticism directed at Ryan Johnson and the last Jedi and, you know, so rightly so. Uh, but it's sort of, again, it sort of rang funny to me that, that one of the big complaints was, was, uh, well, why didn't the Star Destroyers just, you know, destroy this fleet real quick and easy. And I guess it's just not that quick and easy. It's kind of hard to do. <laughs> now, again, there are massive differences, but I, again, I couldn't, help but be struck by some similarities there uh so darth tyrannus and and emperor palpatine aka darth sidious they they lure padme into a trap and and uh this is so that they will be able so this excuse me this plan is to stop the republic forces from destroying the malevolence because they have given padme uh false coordinates for a rendezvous that she's supposed to have for for to broken a, a treaty. Uh, I believe it was a uh, member of the banking clan was was going to be a traitor and 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 come over to the republic and and give them all kinds of information. Well, instead, the coordinates that she gets from the from Chancellor Palpatine drop her right in the middle or right in front of the malevolence as is being pursued. So a tractor beam pulls her in, and then she becomes she is taken prisoner. Well, no, no, no. Ah, 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 ah mistaken. She is captured. Her ship is captured the by the Malevolence and, and pulled into a docking bay of the Malevolence. She's not captured at all. And as we know, Padme, quite the fighter. Quite the fighter. What I also love about this episode is, A, this is the, the, the series debut of Padme, but we also get the series debut of the one, the only, C-3PO, voiced by Anthony Daniels, as always. And I, I always have a great time... Uh, enjoying Anthony Daniel's performance. The man is a, is a treasure. And, and, uh, you know, it's always, I feel like it's just so, I think, I feel like we're very lucky to still have him be C-3PO. And, you know, we talked a little bit about the sequel trilogy and one of my, one of my, one of my, uh, the less favorable observations for the sequel trilogy is sort of the not great use of R2 and C-3PO. Um, but Hey, I got Star Wars, the Clone Wars, I got I got Anthony back for this, and and that's that's pretty important to me. I really enjoy that aspect of this episode. Uh, C three B has always been one of my favorite characters, even though in this prequel timeline he is sort of like the zany comic relief. He gets into all kinds of crazy adventures and weird things happen to him, uh, you know. But that's that's what it is. That that's here we go. But uh, it, he starts off as quite the foil for for Padme as as they. Uh, will not surrender to the droid army. And and even in her communique to 
to the New Republic, to Obi-Wan, to Anakin. Uh, she tells him to fight on and not to let her be a pawn of the, of the, of the separatists. And it's, it's really, uh, it's, you know, again, we know, we know this about Padme. She's a fighter to the very end and she will not be uh, manipulated or, or made into some kind of bargaining chip that would, that would, you know, potentially harm the New Republic in their goals. Uh, I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but I, d- I did want to read through our voice cast because I, d- I did already talk about some of the people. But yeah, Matt Lanter back as Anakin, James Arnold Taylor as Obi-Wan and Plo Koon. Plo Koon still making his presence felt in this, this malevolence trilogy. Catherine Tabor as Padme, Matthew Wood, General Grievous, and the Battle Droids. Sir, An- well, I don't think he's officially knighted, but I, he's a knight to me, so I say Sir Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka in a much smaller role this week. D. Bradley Baker as the Clone Troopers, uh, Tom Kane as Admiral Yularen and the narrator, Corey Burton as Count Dooku, and Olivia Dabo as Luminara Undali, a Jedi Master that we will get to meet later on, and uh, one of the Jedi that I am actually a, quite a big fan of, and and I think they do a really nice job with her uh, in, in, in later episodes, but we'll talk, we'll, we'll get to Master Luminara eventually, but she does make an appearance via hologram. Uh, she's supposed to rendezvous and, and reinforce Obi-Wan's fleet and um it can't happen because she's been attacked by separatists so she's radio basically radioing to to convey that message uh so i I, one of my one of the nits i have to pick about this episode uh and again it's a fine episode i think it's an improvement from the previous week's uh middle chapter of the malevolence trilogy oh so we spend a lot of time on board the malevolence and obviously they have waylaid Padme's ship. She's on board. C-3PO's on board. We've seen uh, the droids deploying ships in, in previous episodes. I specifically refer to that, that weird ship they used in the first chapter when they were going uh, to find the escape pods and, and kind of like crushing them and ripping open the, the escape ports. This is the droid army. Battle droids abound. General Grievous doesn't need oxygen. Why does the Malevolence have life support systems? Why do many of the ships of the of the droid army have life support systems? I, this is something I wondered. Now I, under, now I understand. We've we've seen before, and Count Dooku applies to this as well. We've we've seen these figures, you know, uh, uh, humanoids that that breathe oxygen on board these ships before. But I don't know. It feels like to me, if you're going to have a droid army, and you wanted to kind of I don't know, make a more menacing looking ship. It would be something that didn't have uh, the sort of standard starship design. Now, maybe that's just me being uh, a little frivolous with my thoughts here, but I think they could have made some really mean looking ships because you don't have to worry about cockpits and life support and, and you know, things that make them look like, look, make the droid army ships look like other ships. Not that the malevolence isn't fairly malevolent looking with that giant maw that it has in the front there. Uh, just, just a random observation I had. You know, maybe, maybe they, I don't know. I'm, I'm speculating. I mean, maybe they just keep the life support for when they do have their, their humanoid commanders on board. It just seems like a waste of, uh, of, of resources, <laughs> especially to have. I mean, maybe like huge sections of the ship should, should be open to vacuum or, you know, not supplied by life support. You just have like little pockets here and there, and those commanders have to stay in their chambers or on the bridge or, you know, wherever their specialty would take them. Maybe one hangar. One hangar. That's 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 pumped full of life support. Just an observation. I don't know. What do, what do y'all think? Am I, am I nuts? Is that a crazy thought? Whew. 
Well, and as we said, as that clip we played to open the segment was, Anakin and Obi-Wan launch a rescue plan to, to get Padme, to get C-3PO, and uh, they have to do it in a, in a decent amount of time so that they can destroy malevolence, as the title of the episode goes. And, and as, as our Jedi fortune cookie says, a, a plan is only as good as those who see it through. Anakin's plan, not great. Obi-Wan observes this. But Obi-Wan and Anakin are pretty good at follow-through. So there you go. Your Jedi fortune cookie right there in a nutshell. Pretty, pretty well explained. Uh, one, of the, one of the highlights of this episode, uh, I liked the sort of, um, I don't know what you want to call it, kind of like the, the, the hover, slain, hover sled train things that get you from point A to point B on the malevolence. I thought there were some pretty good chases in there. Uh, I liked how Anakin and Padme were sort of able to get a moment alone as they split off from from Obi-Wan, which then leads into another favorite moment, of, or another really enjoyable moment, which is Grievous versus Kenobi. We get Grievous being the one to drop the hello there in his creepy, weird droid voice. Uh, and then we get to see Kenobi do some badass stuff with the Force. He's great use of the Force push abilities as he pushes against the droidicas and and just bowls through the surrounding forces of the droid army, knocking knocking super battle droids and then regular battle droids right off the gangplanks that they're on. Uh, and that while while Anakin and Padme go about committing a sabotage against the ship and and killing a few amount of, a fair amount of droids in the process. Um, Anakin. Anakin comes across in this episode really strong, I think, as a master of, of improvisation. Uh, you know, obviously, there's a lot going on. The original plan was just to get Padme, but they're able to, with Padme's assistance, to, to sabotage malevolence from inside. And now, remember, the droids are trying to repair the hyperdrive so they can get out of the system. They're still trying to get the malevolence away from the Republic forces and meet at a rendezvous with Count Dooku. And this is the this is sort of the crux of Anakin's plan to uh, to fool them, to trick them, to make them believe that the hyperdrive is functioning, when in fact he's just hardwired a, a course and is going to crash the ship into a nearby moon, a nearby dead moon. Uh, again, a, uh, Anakin master of improv- improvisation. One of the things I wanted to mention: there's a couple fun little Easter eggs in this episode uh, when. Anakin is attempting to dock his ship. Now, remember, Anakin has the same ship that he got in Star Wars: The Clone Wars movie. He's still flying the same one. That's, that, you know, just just an observation, just something you, you kind of notice. Uh, and he's attempting to dock. He says spinning's a good trick. That is a direct reference to Anakin in the Phantom Menace. He says spinning's a good trick to R two as they're flying that Naboo starfighter against the droid army in in that particular movie. You also had Plo Koon mentioning at the beginning of the episode as as Anakin is is rushing off to formulate a plan to rescue Senator Amidala that uh, uh, Anakin's craving adventure and excitement once again. Obviously, a, a callback, a mention, a reference to Yoda in The Empire Strikes Back, telling telling Luke that adventure, excitement, a Jedi craves not these things. So <laughs> obviously, we see that Anakin is sort of the antithesis of. of uh, what the what the, what the what Yoda at least expects of a, of a of a Jedi Knight. Uh, this is also the chronological debut of Grievous's uh, Belbalab Twenty Two Starfighter. We saw it in Episode Three, but chronologically speaking, this would be its first appearance. If that makes any, if that's important for you. Uh, so again, the sabotage is committed. The 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 malevolence is destroyed. Grievous. Uh, 
there's some interesting sort of insubordination on Grievous's part here, as as uh, Dooku is constantly hounding him, like, "Where is the malevolence? Why have you not made it, made it to the rendezvous point? Do not just let this ship be destroyed," kind of stuff. And and Grievous just sort of turns off. Excuse me, he just sort of turns off his communicator. <laughs> it's very uh, <laughs> Grievous, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Sidious. Jesus, <laughs> Tyrannus, not a huge fan of, of that. So that's basically the episode. It's a it's a pretty action packed episode. Some fun stuff. Some some of the stuff is a little reminiscent of of the the droid arm the droid uh, the droid factory on episode two. It, it there's a it's kind of video gamey the way they're uh, riding around on those those kind of like hover trains back and forth across the across the stations across the platform. I also enjoyed uh, Obi Wan attempting to use the force to to bring C-3PO to him and then C-3PO getting hit by one of these hover trains. Uh, so again, C-3PO kind of gets used to comic effect, uh, but it's still really enjoyable. And then obviously when when C-3PO links up with R2 and you kind of have like the, the, the classic duo reunited for this episode, again, more fun ensues. Uh, it's it's a solid episode. I think it closes out this chapter, or uh, this episode really strongly. Uh, and that's why I rated it. Well, I wrote down six point five, but now the more I talk about it, I think I think I want to give it like like higher than that. But I th- it's not quite a seven, and since I'm not doing crazy numbers like six point eight or anything like that, we'll stick with six five. We'll, we'll round down a little bit, unfortunately. But uh, a solid episode, better than I think the middle chapter. Uh, and I, I like the way this highlights Anakin and Obi Wan, and and they're sort of uh, they're sort of dueling uh, uh, Jedi knighthood with these with these you know. Both getting to showcase their skills, but in very, very different ways. Uh, and I sort of like the way that Obi-Wan, the sort of older, wiser Jedi, willingly goes along with, with Anakin's more uh, unorthodox plans. Uh, because I think Obi-Wan knows that, you know, it may, be, it may not be the most effective plan in the moment, but Anakin is also a very per- in-the-moment kind of person, and he will adapt and adjust. And Anakin, uh, Obi-Wan is there to support and help see it all through and, and see that uh, the, the, the plan, no matter how ludicrous, is brought to completion successfully. So I, I really enjoy these kind of episodes where we see that bond between the two of them. The, the two Jedi Knights, former master and apprentice, but now now very much equals. This is like the sort of the bonding of the brotherhood. Uh, that's, that's where this episode, I think, really excels. And I think it was one of my favorite parts of it. But there's enough in here too for the, for the other stuff. You know, we, we see that relationship between Padme and and Anakin, and and the, the little moments they take for themselves here and there. Um, you know, still trying to be discreet, but but you know, Anakin, uh, very emotional affront, and and why the Jedi haven't figured out that he obviously has something going on with Padme is still a bit of a baffler for me. But uh, again, that's something to be explored more as as the season and as these episodes play out. So yeah, I'm gonna stick with a a six and a half buckets on on this episode. Six and a half lightsabers because it is more maybe Jedi centric, but yeah, a solid episode. I think it concludes the trilogy, this malevolence trilogy, really nicely, uh, and and again is an improvement over the last episode. So good stuff here, and I hope you guys are. are I keep saying guys, but I hope you all are 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 keeping up watching the shows as we kind of go through them, or perhaps you're going back and watching them after you listen to these episodes. That's what it's all about. That's where the fun comes in, right? You see, there it is. <laughs> I just had to get that in there for y'all to listen to. So funny. That 
I made me chuckle. I can't help it. I can't help it. But hey, that's it. That's the episode. I want to thank you all so much for listening to another installment of our Star Wars The Clone Wars Revisited, uh, our, our sort of breakdowns, our sort of junior analysis that we're giving. We're in these early episodes where there's not a lot of deep analysis to get into. You know, we're not into sort of Jedi mythology and, and, and Force mythology just yet. And we're definitely not into the Mandalorian mythology yet. But we're gonna get we're getting there. We're we're easing our way in. Remember this this season one is is very introductory, and we'll get to some more complex uh, Star Wars mythology uh, soon, fairly soon. Uh, next week we'll be back with another exciting installment. I'm really looking forward to this episode. We're doing episode five. It's rookies. It is a clone focused episode, and I am a big fan of the clone focused episodes. And we'll we'll, we'll talk more about that uh, when the time when the time gets here. So. I want to thank you all so much for listening. Uh, it means so much to me that you are taking the time. You're enjoying the show. You're telling your friends, family, enemies, loved ones, hated ones, dark ones. And by dark ones, I mean the dark Jedi, the dark Sith Lords, all of it. You know, tell tell, tell everyone about this show and how much fun we're having and how much fun you're having listening to the show. So I hope you didn't mind my little, my little ramble at the beginning of the episode. Uh, but otherwise, things are good in the Star Wars universe. And that's, that's, where, we want, that's where we like to keep them. So again, I'll be back to talking to you all very, very soon. And as we say on the podcast, as we close up the podcast, we say what we always say. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs>